Hi, I'm David Green, and welcome to episode three of season 22 of the Digital HR Leaders podcast. On the show today, I'm talking to Abdul Hameda, Chief Technology Officer at Orgview. Uh, one of the interesting things that happened in the enterprise software space is that uh, the clear realization that as, as end users, we are accustomed to the experiences that we get in on our kind of the consumer world and, and the devices that we use there. And it's not like um, as an end user, I'm going to have a different set of expectations when I interact with a piece of software. And, and consumer software for, for some time obviously had a huge focus on, on the end user experience. Uh, delighting um, users with, with a great experience is a key element of consumer software. Um, so in enterprise software has, has been kind of really catching up there. And in particular, HR-related um, type of software um, has kind of been trying to catch up in that area. So there's a huge uh, investment in bringing a great user experience to the HR software. Throughout our conversation, Abdul shares his perspective on the evolution of org design and workforce planning and the shift that companies are making to more frequent and regular planning cycles. We also discuss the importance of having access to real-time data that can support planning decisions and enable collaboration across different parts of the business. We look at the role of technology in supporting organisations to move to shorter planning cycles and provide better security when dealing with sensitive data. We also look at how to build an effective planning process that supports both bottom-up and top-down planning inputs to be aggregated and integrated in a transparent way. And then finally, Abdul shares his thoughts on how HR can add business value as we start to come out of the pandemic. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Abdul Hameda, Chief Technology Officer at Orgview to the Digital HR Leaders podcast. Welcome to the show, Abdul. It's great to have you on as a guest. Can, can you let listeners have a brief introduction to you and your role at Orgview? Hi, David. It's a pleasure to be here, uh, certainly. Um, so I'm Abdul Hameda. I'm the Chief Technology Officer at uh, Orgview. And the role of the Chief Technology Officer at Orgview uh, kind of at a high level has two dimensions. Uh, one is working with our research and development teams. So those are the amazing teams that design, build, and operate our Orgview SaaS platform. And the other dimension is uh, working with, alongside the executive team to support the business, work on our strategy, uh, supporting our customers and partners. Great. And we're, so we're certainly going to get into a bit more detail around what you're doing at Orgview and what Orgview's um, doing as well in, in the space. But firstly, it'd be great to hear a little bit about your career history and how you got into the world of HR technology um, and what prompted you to make the shift from your, your previous life outside uh, uh, the HR tech space. Sure. Um, I actually started out life as a, uh, as a software engineer. Um, I didn't plan to be in leadership. Um, I was at university and um, my professor at the time tapped me at the shoulder he said, you don't want to go and work for a big corporation. You want to come and work for a startup. Um, so I decided to do that. And it was probably one of the, one of the best decisions uh, in my career. Working for a small startup, I've got to learn um, just an, an incredible amount of stuff because you get the opportunity to try different things. I was really privileged to work on some really high-profile projects. Um, one of them, among many, was um, um, a long project with, with, with Apple. Um, and over time, I, I 
I was given the opportunity to kind of lead teams. So my manager went on holiday, um, came back and found that I was able to just work with the team and help them keep them organized. And um, he said, well, we ought to do something with you. Um, so they gave me opportunities to kind of contribute to business development, conferences. Um, but over time, my teams just kept on getting bigger and bigger until I woke up one day and found that I wasn't coding anymore. Um, we then got acquired by IBM. Um, so I spent time working at kind of business controls and, and really learning how a big corporation like IBM functions. Uh, so that, that, that was a, a kind of a, an amazing opportunity. When, when, when I was at IBM back, in, back, back at that time, IBM was 426,000 people globally. There was always somebody who can uh, help you uh, work through something. So very resource rich. So that wasn't the challenge. The challenge was connecting the dots. Um, the challenge was finding out who that uh, individual or team uh, placed globally who can work you through the problem that you're trying to fix. Um, and so I was given that opportunity uh, that kind of really refined my skills in, in that particular area. And that was just an incredible learning opportunity. And from that point onwards, I, I had the, the kind of the privilege of luck to lead different teams and, and work in, in different sectors and landed at Allview in 2019. Um, when I met the team, it was, it was very clear that um, Allview had uh, an amazing opportunity to, to really make an impact. Um, the, the technology was there. Um, the, the, the kind of the market need was definitely there. But, but the item that really kind of sealed the deal for me to join Allview was, was the people. It was very quickly, very apparent uh, when I met the teams. Um, they, they had two ingredients. Um, one was uh, just an, an immense desire to, to succeed and to help our customers. And one, and the second was the, uh, the the real kind of want to, to to be coached and helped. So that 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 was kind of uh, was a was a big factor for me. And and the HR technology space in general is it you know as someone that's come from outside HR tech you know what what are your kind of observations of the tech, HR tech space given you've been in it sort of just coming up to three years now. I think it's with a lot of the enterprise uh, software space, it's kind of catching up to consumer software. Uh, one of the interesting things that happened in the enterprise software space is that uh, the clear realization that as as end users, we are accustomed to the experiences that we get in on our kind of the, the consumer world and, and the devices that we use there. And it's not like um, as an end user, I'm going to have a different set of expectations when I interact with a piece of software. And, and consumer software for, for some time obviously had a huge focus on, on the end user experience. Uh, delighting um, users with, with a great experience is a key element of consumer software. Um, so in enterprise software has, has been kind of really catching up there. Uh, and in particular, HR-related um, type software um, has kind of been trying to catch up in that area. So there's a huge uh, investment in bringing a great user experience to, to HR software. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely something we're seeing out there because, you know, there are technologies that are in the HR space that probably, and I won't mention names, probably aren't that easy, probably aren't that easy to use. I can mention a few. Probably don't delight uh, the, the user or the, or the end customer. So. Correct. And, and, and just a final point on that, I think it's, it's, it's because it was seen as a, 
as kind of a transactional necessity within a business, but rather than an enabler for a great experience, uh, rather than being seen as a means of engaging um, people within an organization. And I think that shift has then kind of emphasized the need for better user experience within within kind of enterprise software in general, but also within HR software in particular. Okay, so that, that's a move to, to, to what Allview is doing in the space that Allview is playing in. There's obviously been a hell of a lot of disruption to business over the last two years since the, since the start of the pandemic. But to, to be fair, we were, we were living in fairly disruptive times any, anyway. Organizations are obviously having to move faster to adapt. And, and given that Allview is focused on org design and, and workforce planning, you know, what have you seen as the biggest impact to, to clients over the last two years and, and how have things changed from a from a planning perspective? Yeah, certainly. So the, the pressures on, on organizations have existed for some time. The, the, I think the pandemic has, has just accelerated those. Um, the, the need that our customers um, have always recognized the value of um, planning and planning regularly. Um, most of the customers that we kind of speak to at a high level, um, probably more than half um, plan at a yearly or every six months. Um, and, and there's a reason for that. Typically, it's because of the complexity of, of going through the planning process. And you know, we can, we'll talk about that. Um, but it, the, the, the shift has been in, in no longer is it an option to have a longer planning cycles um, because the, the, our environment is changing so rapidly uh, some organizations have seen uh, an incredible shift in terms of some of the revenue streams being completely switched off. And, and, and that's acceleration that the pandemic has done. Uh, so the ability to replan and, and to, to, to change, find different revenue streams to realign uh, the workforce to ensure that those revenue streams actually you know, um, are successful is, is incredibly invaluable. So the... The, the past couple of years have really emphasized the value of, of um, regular planning cycles and not just the, the planning. Planning is important, um, but the uh, monitoring of that plan and the replanning um, on a regular basis is as a crucial element. Because companies are just having to adapt quicker to what's happening, aren't they? And obviously, you want to try and be as, as ahead of events as you possibly can. It's not always possible, of course. And so the plan, as you said, the you know, the plans are having to be revisited on a much more regular basis. And, you know, certainly before the pandemic, but if we go back five years, you know, incredibly so since then, you know, and is technology helping, you know, you know, obviously, there's an element of planning, which is technology enabled is the technology really supporting that 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 need to plan more regularly technology can uh support that um the right now the the way that the particular workforce planning gets done is through uh as a process a mixture of tools get used um so organizations typically um use um a mixed set of tools um tools that are not necessarily geared for workforce planning uh, some of the trends that we see is that an organization might use some kind of business modeling tool, a combination of, of a HRS type system, uh, you know, the favorite tool within the enterprise, the spreadsheet, a uh, mixture of uh, consulting uh, as well. Um, so, so there are elements of technology that have been used in the process, but there is a, a missing gap of an end-to-end uh, solution to workforce planning 
today, which is what we're focused on at Allview, is uh, helping our customers by creating an end-to-end experience that, that helps manage um, the entire cycle of, of workforce planning. With this shift that we've talked about where people are moving to more regular planning, is this just happening for, for workforce planning or is it happening on, on the org design side too? And how are you seeing these two disciplines evolve and almost come close together? Very much so. Very much that the, there's a big overlap between um, organizational design and, and, and workforce planning. The way we see it is that they're kind of two sides of the same coin. And that the, there is a, a need for kind of an end-to-end uh, approach to workforce planning. It's one of the reasons that uh, Orgview has um, made a recent acquisition um, of a company called uh, Dynaplan. It's a, an amazing company that uh, focuses on strategical workforce planning. Um, with, with that particular acquisition, Orgview gets a technology that's capable of um, really detailed uh, business modeling and strategical workforce planning, as well as the amazing team that comes with it. And our thinking is that the, the combination of Dynaplan and the, the focus on strategical workforce planning with the existing capabilities um, that Orgview has in terms of uh, the operational aspects of workforce planning, the combination of the two, it provides kind of a, 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 a holistic end-to-end um, to workforce planning. Um, and there is definitely um, the evolution between between the two is that by doing regular uh, planning, um, you, you're able to, to to really kind of unlock more value of the planning that that otherwise typically gets done on a on a yearly or six months cycle. You know, given all the changes that we're we're seeing to how organisations plan, you know how you know we talked a little bit about how tech, how can you know let's get a bit deeper conversation. How can technology help? You know what can businesses do to try and deal with shorter planning cycles, improve their decision-making and have better access to real-time data? One of the challenges in terms of, one of the challenges of of carrying out the process of workforce planning is um, the data that is required uh, to carry out the process. Um, The data itself, um, bringing it together in a centralized manner, uh, the freshness of of that data, how do you then um, get different parts of the organization to collaborate in terms of analysis uh, of that data, of being able to model various um, kind of scenarios or outcomes, um, being able to do the negotiation that is typically required in a workforce planning process. Uh, technology can significantly help with these challenges. But one of the reasons that, it, that the workforce planning process doesn't happen as regularly today is, is because of the complexities that I just mentioned. It's not that organizations are not, uh, don't see the value of regular planning. They do. Most of our customers see significant value in, in, in being able to, to plan on, on a more regular basis. Um, but right now, uh, as it stands, that, that there are some impediments that technology can significantly help with. Um, and that's kind of the, the, the goal and the focus that we have at Orgview is helping the customers solve these complexities by having an end-to-end solution that helps the entire organization work through the workforce planning process. And I think an additional important aspect of what I just described is is also having the um, security mechanism that helps that entire process run through because when you're dealing with workforce planning, you're you're typically dealing with really sensitive, sensitive data. 
And in some of the cases, in terms of how the process gets done today, is that uh, sensitive data gets end up uh, ends up being on spreadsheet and gets emailed around, um, which is <laughs> a, a, a huge security risk. Um, so it's my advice to, to customers, whether they use Allview or use a different mechanism, um, certainly being conscious of the security aspect, uh, being able to having a mechanism to centralize that process uh, and giving businesses the ability to uh, plan regularly. So technology definitely can be a great enabler for that. And in terms of the data that you're bringing together, you know, again, for, for some of the listeners that are either new to, to workforce planning or, or, or trying to grapple with it them, them, themselves, you know, what are some of the data sources that, that you want to bring together, both maybe data internal to the organization, but maybe also external data as well? Totally. Uh, I think whatever technology that, that, that gets used, the ability to um, kind of uh, ingest data from different sources is a crucial element. Um, and that's kind of um, one of the challenges part of the process right now is the complexity of bringing in uh, different data sources, um, having a workforce planning platform that is capable of ingesting different data sources. Um, one of the things that we work you know, hard at Allview is uh, A, the integration with uh, different sources, uh, also the flexible mechanisms that means that these different sources can be imported and all views then capable of um, not expecting certain semantics of that data and, and being able to, to, to kind of ingest uh, different sources is a, is a key element. And one of the challenges today, some of the existing tools are can be quite rigid in terms of their uh, ability to connect with different sources and then expecting data to be a, a, at, a certain, uh, at a certain shape, which has the knock-on effect of reducing the value because you end up working, carrying out the workforce planning process with a, a reduced set of, of, of sources. When we come back in just a moment, Abdul talks about the value of moving to more continuous planning cycles and how companies can remove some of the complexity that comes with trying to plan on a more regular basis. Support for this podcast is brought to you by Orgview. In a time when disruption and uncertainty are constantly present, Orgview puts businesses on the front foot. As the leading organizational planning and design software platform, Orgview captures the power of data and modeling to build more adaptable, better performing organizations. Orgview gives you control of your organization and, with data evidence, helps you make faster, more confident decisions to get the right people doing the right work at the right cost. This is real-time organizational planning and design for times of change. Orgview is used by the world's largest and best-known enterprises to fearlessly build the organizations they want tomorrow, today. To discover more, visit orgview.com. That's O-R-G-V-U-E dot com. Welcome back to this episode of the Digital HR Leaders podcast with Abdul Hameda. Now, back to the conversation. In terms of, you know, if, if, if you were, you know, if you're talking to an organization and how would you help them understand, you know, the value proposition for, for them to, to move to more continuous planning and, 
and how is this different to how companies might have thought about the value of planning a, a reorg, for example, for a restructure in the past? So the value of regular planning is the ability to um, uh, execute more rapidly. Um, most organizations talk about agile, um, and but uh, essentially it's not have not found a way to overcome the the internal complexities that that exist with, with within every organization. Um, my view is that no organization wakes up in the morning uh, wanting to be inefficient, right? Not not at the not at the organizational level, not at the functional level, and not at the individual level. Um, what we all have to deal with is the complexities of our environment, and our, our belief is that. And providing technology that significantly enhances that process, that enables different functions to um, carry out um, kind of what they need to do for the business, and then being able to have a holistic view, um, brings huge value to, to, to organizations. Uh, the need to respond rapidly is is absolutely well established. The past couple of years have clearly demonstrated that businesses that are th- that, that thrived were the businesses that uh, were able to respond quickly, were the businesses that um, able to respond both to their revenue streams, um, but also to be able to, to react, to look after their own people, um, to be able to interact with their uh, customers and partners in an efficient way. And technology can be a huge um, enabler for that. Um, I, I think organizations understand this. Um, it's not that the I don't think that there's a lack of understanding of the value of regular planning. I think it, the impediment has historically been is the complexity of running the process. That that has been the impediment. So um, our focus has been to kind of create technology that that speeds and enables that the workforce planning process. Yeah, because I suppose if we think about the last two years, I mean, let's take you know let's take a a bank for example. You know, um, you know, a big percentage of bank staff are, are working, you know, in branches. Branches are suddenly closed down because of uh, because of lockdown. You know, all that kind of business that, that is is now moving online or or through call centres, and companies were faced, you know, with the, the age old thing: do we just furlough people that are in a branch, or Actually, are we getting higher demand in our customer centers and, and online? Can we redeploy these people who have the skills to interact with customers, let's be perfectly honest, and understand our products and services? So, you know, being able to to pivot quickly, as you said, by by having that ability to, to continuously plan is so important. Absolutely crucial. And being able to do the uh, analysis of how you can then do that deployment rapidly is is, is absolutely crucial too. Let's look at how you tackle planning um, yourselves at Orgview. You know, what other organisations are you working with that are doing this well? Um, you know, again, it's always it's always powerful to hear any any case studies and you know, particular, you know, and how are they approaching the shift to to, to more frequent planning? Sure. Recognition of the value of regular planning is uh, is the first step. The second step is um, using more and more technology and technology that is actually centralized. And by centralized, I mean a means of uh, bringing uh, different data sources together, the ability to ensure that, that that data is clean and, and, and accurate and, and reflective of the current state. 
and then enabling uh, the different functions within the organizations to actually then collaborate efficiently on, on, a, on the workforce planning process. We see a huge demand um, for that as a capability. Um, Orgview has been investing in, the, in exactly that and will be launching um, some capability on that later on this year, and we'll uh, talk about that in due time. Um, but that is that is a huge demand that we see from our customers um, who approach us uh, on this and talk to us uh, about this regularly. Uh, internally within uh, Orgview, we plan at kind of two cycles. So we have the quarterly and, and yearly. Um, as a fast-growing business, being able to rapidly um, replan is, is crucial for us. So we would plan for the year. Um, we have a kind of a, a set view of the, the demand that we want to have uh, in terms of our workforce. And then on a regular basis, we'd, we'd ensure that the, the monitor plan is actually uh, um, working well. And if not, we'd make, make, we'd make some adjustment. And to dive deep, a little bit deeper into that, let's take the, in the research and development, which is the function that I work with um, very closely. You create a plan based on uh, the growth that, that, you know, that you're focused on. And, um, but if you look at the workforce, uh, the, you, you, whenever, whenever you're doing hiring, um, the, the, the market also has uh, an impact in terms of what you actually, your plan ends up uh, being, right? So you, you might want to bring in certain uh, skill sets, but the availability within the market could, could change that. So the ability to go back on a regular basis and say, okay, so we wanted to hire uh, five senior software engineer and, and five data analysts, uh, data scientists rather, but the availability in the market was slightly different. So you have to react to that. And the reaction to that could be uh, two things. One, it could be readjustment of the existing resources that we have in different teams. Um, and that means that you know a specific uh, initiative that we have can continue because we were able to, to replan and, and to fund it in that way. So regular planning, even internally within Orgview, that's something that we see a significant value from and, and allows us to, to operate in, in the way that we want. There's actually also an additional benefit uh, that we see internally within Orgview. So there's the achieving our business objectives, which I've just talked about, but there's another uh, benefit uh, on a reg by, by kind of reassigning our workforce uh, on, a, on a quarterly basis. We give our internal people the opportunities to experience um, different projects. Um, we see that as a key element of the um, development of, of our people. So there's there's a there's an internal uh, benefit from doing that, and 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 it's actually one of the factors that that help us have uh, the, re the retention levels that we have within within research and development in Oakview. So yeah, it's a significant value both at kind of the business level um, as well as the people development uh, level as well. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Digital HR Leaders podcast. If you're looking to continue your learning journey, head over to myhrfuture.com and take a look at the MyHR Future Academy. It's a learning experience platform supporting HR professionals to become more data-driven, more business-focused, and more experience-led. By taking our short assessment, you'll see how you stack up against the HR skills of the future. Then, our recommended learning journeys guide you every step of the way, helping you to close your skills gaps, deepen your knowledge, and press play on your career. 
Now let's go back to the conversation with Abdul as he discusses the role of HR and finance in the planning process and how to build a more collaborative approach across functions. And you know, you talked about some functionality that, that that's kind of coming. I mean, um, you know, what's what's kind of what's kind of next for all here in terms of uh, product development? The stuff that you're able to share, obviously. Yeah, sure. So our, our view is a cohesive end-to-end um, capability for workforce planning. The ability um, for for the business to set a target or a demand for. Um, various dimensions uh, for the organization. So that could be headcount, that could be uh, kind of cost, it could be other dimensions too. But then enabling um, the the various uh, kind of functions within the organizations to um, perform, to, to kind of set their workforce uh, requirements um, and, and to kind of do what is typically called this kind of the bottom up. And so the capability will then provide the cohesion between what the business or finance may have said and what the different uh, business functions want and the negotiations that's required between the two. A critical element of that negotiation is how that discussion and negotiation is going to happen. So uh, the capability needs to provide uh, transparency in that process, uh, delegation so that the different functions can efficiently perform their own planning and then be able to kind of aggregate all of that way up across the organization. Um, Again, the objective of the goal is to simplify the process, to empower the different functions to be able to do the planning. If If it's cumbersome, if it needs to be run by a single function, then that means it becomes complex and it means it doesn't get run regularly. So one of the ways of unbundling that and simplifying it is to and that enable the different functions to plan separately, but then the ability for all of that to be aggregated up for any negotiation that needs to happen, or if you like the, the gap analysis can then happen uh, centrally. And then the, the business can, can, can make decisions on that basis. And the so, way that you've explained that to me, Abdul, it, it, it seems obvious, but it just makes the process quicker and smoother. If you've got, you've kind of got that top and bottom up coming together for that, that as you said, that negotiation, I guess. Totally. The cohesion is crucial. And so there the are two elements to it, the, the, the cohesion and the distributed planning, the ability for the different functions to operate separately within the function and then aggregate and bubble that up. Uh, it's no longer just a, a single um, kind of element that's just run out of one function. By, by kind of distributing that uh, capability, and also being able to bring it back together in a transparent way is absolutely crucial. That probably leads, it leads nicely to the next question. You know, what are some of the tips that you would have for listeners if they're looking at improving their capability in this area? You know, is this you, is this something you see HR owning, or or is it more of a partnership with with finance, which I know is something we've spoken about with Rupert in the past, and and other parts of the business? You know, how can HR teams get traction for this kind of work? Sure. Is is definitely a partnership. Is definitely a collaboration. I think uh, for for me is that empowering uh, the business partners to work with the different functions. Um, I advise listeners to seek technology that will help them facilitate that process um, in a way that is uh, distributed, so that. For example, business partners can work with uh, the different functions directly uh, and help them in that way. 
but then be able to aggregate that and bring that up so that there's kind of a transparent, holistic view within the entire organization. I think uh, I think that's going to be really crucial in empowering the different functions, but also uh, enabling uh, the business to kind of make uh, decisions at the holistic level. But again, that, that partnership between HR and finance is, is really important when it comes to, to, to planning. Uh, totally. Um, it, it is important, but I, I think it's, I think by using technology, it, it facilitates that process. It reduces a potential conflict um, because there's a lower dependency, I think, in terms of um, in, in the decision-making process. There's a lower dependency, let's say, on finance uh, to carry out that process. Um, finance still has a crucial role, typically in setting um, the, the target, if you like, uh, for the organization. Um, but then having the technology that enables the different functions supported by business partners to, to kind of plan at the distributed function level and then having technology that shows transparency means there's less conflict in the entire process. And transparency also means that, um, that you know, you, you're working with accurate data, um, that you've enabled the organization to kind of participate in the process. So in my view, that really reduces the conflict and, and really creates a much more collaborative approach. And I, tell you, I think it reduces the burden on finance as well. Yeah, I think the way you've outlined it, especially with the technology almost acting as the glue between the various actors in the, in the planning process, it allows them to play their, their respective roles at the right time. Mm -hmm but it also allows them to come together at the right time too when, when the discussion or the negotiation is required. So, um, yeah, quite some real clarity there, I think, in, in, in what you said, Abdul. Sure. I, I think people are still crucial in, in this entire process, um, but technology can definitely play a key enabler role. So, so one of the things we've, we've been doing at Insight 222 when we've been, we've been talking to the various organisations we're working with and, you know, most of these are heads of people analytics. We've seen people analytics teams increasingly becoming responsible for, for workforce planning. Um, and we're hearing from a lot of those companies that they're, they're looking at skills-based planning, um, which I guess is something you're probably hearing a lot as well. You know, is this something you're seeing? And, and how important is it for companies to move beyond planning just headcount and cost and, and be able to capture skills data uh, or, or other data like activity data as well? No, good question. Uh, we do see it um, increasingly, and I do believe that it's an important um, part of the planning process. Uh, Obvi itself has capabilities um, uh, for kind of uh, collecting um, skill-based information and, and feeding it into the planning process. And Obvi will kind of grow and provide more capabilities, allow forecasting of that in the future. Um, my view is that it's in this first phase, I would say that um, we're advocating a more regular planning as, as the first phase. Yeah. We, you know, I, I see this as a journey. Um, and I think the first, my personal view on this is that the first part of this journey is planning more regularly. And by establishing that and seeing clearly demonstrated value to the whole organization from planning regularly, I think that will open the door for more, let's say, advanced uh, planning and bringing in other elements um, um, like skills-based planning in, into the workforce planning process. And, and in some of the organizations you work with, no doubt, have kind of, are at that advanced planning, mm -hmm. planning stage. You know, 
how does you know how does Orvu bring some of that skills data in? You know, again, if you're able to share, you know, where 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 that data is coming from, I'm guessing a lot of the internal systems. You know, but is is it pulling in external data as well, for example? So customers who are using those capability capability within Orvu today typically utilize our serving uh, mechanism uh, within Orvu to to collect uh, whether it be activity or competency based um, data and then uh, able to do um, kind of uh, analysis of that uh, using the OldView platform. Uh, in the future, uh, there'll be a capability to even feed that data into our kind of forecasting um, uh, engine um, and be able to do more advanced um, workforce planning and essentially feed it to the workforce planning process. But your, your tip in this is don't run before you can walk to do more regular planning, show the business value of it, and then move to the more advanced stuff. That would be my view. And the reason I think that today is that I, I, I think that the companies that are at that kind of advanced maturity stage um, are already doing that. Um, but I think that the, the majority of companies today are not planning more regularly. So my, my first advice would be to, to move to that and iteratively improve the process uh, by layering in uh, skills-based planning uh, at a further stage. For companies that feel that they can uh, take the whole bite in one go, I think that that would be amazing and I'd love to see that. Um, but I, I think a first good step is to, is to plan more regularly, is to collaborate across the organization, is to use technology that empowers and simplifies that process as a first step. Right, that, that's really clear. Thanks, Thanks Abdul. So this is now the question that we're, we're asking everyone on this series. Um, you know, and you might end up summarizing some of the stuff that we've already covered on this. But what do you believe to be the two to three things that HR will need to do to really add business value as we hopefully, and I say hopefully, um, come out of the pandemic? Um, I think I think technology companies have shown um, the value from investing in in um, in people ops, um, and and other industries have done that also. Uh, but I think there are really some good examples uh, from technology companies. Uh, so my advice is to continue to invest in um, people of strategy. I think that's really key. Um, also, I think in empowering the business partners um, to, to work with different functions, I, I, I think that's really key. Um, and, and using technology to automate um, most of what can be automated and uh, and free people to really focus on the elements that are that are much more difficult to do with technology. Um, yeah. So the, the the people touch um, technology can be an enabler for that, but I think that last mile is is always uh, the personal people touch. And um, so I think my 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 advice is to kind of essentially I think what I'm saying is is focus on employees, um, leverage technology where possible. Um, and um, invest in, in, in people ops. Well, it's been great, great talking to you, Abdul, and learning more about where Allview is and where Allview is going, and you know, and some really good tips I think there for um, HR professionals struggling to get to grips with 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 more regular planning. Thanks for being a guest on on the Digital HR Leaders podcast. Can you let listeners know how they can stay in touch with you? Follow you on social media if you do social media, and find out more about Allview. Certainly. Um, I can be found uh, on LinkedIn. Um, you can also reach me through the oldview.com website. Perfect.
And orgview.com is where people can find out much more about Orgview. Definitely. Perfect. Well, thanks very much, Abdul. It's been great to have you on the show. Uh, and I enjoyed our little chat in the green room previously about football, but um, we'll probably share that over next time we meet. Thank you for having me, David. Thanks, Abdul. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Digital HR Leaders Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy listening, please do rate the show with five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Share it with your friends and colleagues via social media. We rely on your feedback and support to keep being able to make the podcast. For more from us at Insight 222, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and you can sign up for our weekly newsletter by going to myhrfuture.com. We'll be back next week for episode four of series 22. Well, I'll be joined by Peter Capelli, the George W. Taylor Professor of Management and the Professor of Education and Director for the Centre for HR at the Wharton School. Until then, stay safe, stay well and take care.